Oh, let's see who's at the door. Grab your sip and favorite bowl, call the pups and cats and snuggle in. You're in for a real treat today. Y'all hear me talk about my little pack of wolves all the time, my five little ragamuffins I adore and sleep with. And then I've got two fat cats. One's polydactyl with four legs, six feet, and 27 toes. Yes, a Hemingway cat. My COVID world would have been utterly miserable without them, but their bubble of love has saved my psyche over and over again. They let me give them the love and I miss from my four grandkids in Detroit and their parents. Florida is filled with grandparents missing their little ones, so we fill our days with our pets' routine needs, including regular visits to their doctor. I'm so tickled to present my very special guest for this 200th Cannabivarum episode, esteemed cannabis expert and veterinarian, Dr. Angie Krause of BoulderHolisticVet.com, right after the intro. Welcome to Season 4 of the Cannabivarum Podcast, the Cannabis Truth Podcast, where I speak the language of cannabis freely and uncensored while educating my audience on safe use of this live plant therapy. You should know what's in your cannabis, what's good, and what's not. It does not come with an FDA stamp of approval yet. Using cannabis mindfully as medication is a totally different concept in Western healthcare philosophy, specifically of the past 100 years. There's a lot to learn and reconsider. The information you'll find here comes straight from scientists and clinicians doing the work and reporting their findings in real time through various online outlets. The scientific truth of cannabis is finally getting out and is wide open for all to see at respected medical sites like PubMed.gov and JAMA, the Journal of American Medical Association. And I'm right there in the thick of it with all those titans of medicine as a fly on the wall. Because I'm not a doctor, nor did I go to med school, but I did take dozens of private cannabis courses and still engage in continuing education offered by cannabis expert scientists all over the world over the past few years and slowly began to see and understand the bigger picture. Now I talk to people all day long about cannabis and hopefully inspire them to research the facts as we know them today. Cannabis is an amazing alternative in health remedies. It can reportedly alleviate typical disease problems and troubling side effects, even those caused by synthetic prescriptions. This is Honeysmith Walls, a 21st century cannabis shaman, not a doctor, not a scientist, raised by nuns and wolves in the verdant cattle pastures of the Oklahoma oil fields. I'm here to amplify the truth of this great big story of cannabis in historical, political, scientific, and spiritual terms so you can make educated decisions about the medicine you choose to ingest. Sounds like I have Dr. Angie. Can you hear me? I can. You sound... You sound just as wonderful as we all expect you to. 
Honey, I want you to know we're so honored to have you here today. I've been talking to my audience about you for years, so they're really going to be thrilled uh, to get to hear you firsthand. I appreciate that. No, it's wonderful. Would you just tell us how you fit into this world right now, what you've got going on, and what the life of a veterinarian in Colorado is like uh, in January? Well, (laughs) I am, I'm a house call vet, and so I go to people's homes. So right now there's snow on the ground and, you know, we're just dodging winter storms. Um, But I'm also an ice climber. So I appreciate the season because I get to get out and do fun things that I like. That's Um, exciting. That's exciting. How did you, did ice climbing, was that always in your family or something? No, definitely not. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I got into rock climbing in 2019 and then, um in within the climbing community there are people that climb ice so I had the opportunity to do that so I got to get hooked on that and I didn't have a winter sport which is pretty unacceptable in Colorado I would think Um, so wow (laughs) right so I had to I got one for the girl (laughs) that is really impressive I can just see you with your spikes on now Wow. How did uh, veterinary uh, call you? How did that happen? What happened when you were a kid that you made that decision? Totally. You know, I was a kid. When I was three years old, Mm -hmm. uh, my mother brought home two small black kittens from the Humane Society. And my sister and I each got to name one. And of course, I named my black cat Pinky. (laughs) Oh, my. Why? Anyways, we took them to the veterinarian and mm-hmm. I just walked into this office and I just, I was like, oh yeah, no, this is it. I'm home. This is what I'm doing. Um, and then it just, it never changed. It never it. changed. I love it. Great. Yeah. When you yeah. know what you're going to be and what you're going to do, that's pretty special for people. That's it a is. human magic that doesn't happen for just everybody, but man, it happened to you very young. Very young. Yes. Yeah. So you began reading books, I'm sure, and la 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 and all of that stuff. And now you're a doctor and concierge too. Is that is that a proper term for what uh, you do? That is correct. Yes. And so I, um, I help people um, with their pets and um, I do concierge medicine. And then I really help people put everything together. Sometimes people will go to the internal medicine specialist and the ophthalmologist and um, a lot of people have trouble just putting it all together. And so in my practice, we really try to hold people in their journey Mm -hmm. and keep track and check in. And, you know, if someone's going to go see another veterinarian, we'll keep track, check in with that other veterinarian, check in with them um, because sometimes healthcare can be very overwhelming and so I, I help people put it all together, too. Well, you're an angel for that because none of us understand the healthcare system. And, and oh, by the way, Western doesn't seem like healthcare; It seems like sick care. And right. so uh, and that's kind of the way I feel about um, what's been happening with I, I have five dogs and two fat cats and one nine-year-old spouse. <laughs> and so, you know. To have somebody come to my house would be a godsend when I've got, you know, issues with my critters. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a nightmare dragon. Um, well, you understand what I mean. But when when one one, you know, parent has so many kids and you got to drag them all or one at a time, whatever it is, it's always uh, a hassle because if it's one at a time, then you're constantly in the veterinarian's office. So right. I try to get all of those shots and stuff done all at once. And that's a, it'd be so much nicer to have you come to my home. It's easier at everybody, even including the animals, just to have a better time. And the stress level. Oh, definitely. And a lot of animals don't really even know that they've had veterinary care. And we try to keep it really casual. And so mm -hmm. we'll just, you know, talk about life with our clients mm -hmm. and, you know, just kind of sometimes mm -hmm. I'll get my physical exam and the cat just thinks I've been petting, you know, yeah, it's yes. <laughs> nice. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. A stress less physical exam in yeah. the creature's own home setting with his parent they're completely relaxed that's what yeah. you're doing you're yeah. you're relaxing the parent and the creature too yes yeah definitely. oh it's wonderful that's compassion at its heart isn't it it is i love that love that so how'd you find out about cannabis helping critters well you know it was all pretty accidental um and it's just really my geographical um location uh in it in the heart of hippiedom. <laughs> totally. You know, Boulder County. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been there many times. Used to live in Denver, worked in Aurora. Oh, you did? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. So what happened when cannabis became legal, um, there were a lot more conversations because, I mean, really, even before it was legal in Colorado, so many people were using, they just weren't talking about it is freely with their medical practitioners. Mm. And so, you know, my clients started to say, well, this is really helping me. Can it help my pet? Mm. And at the beginning, I, I didn't know. Um, I didn't use cannabis at the time. And so I, I really had no idea. Um, I so little information on it. So little. Yes. Mm. And, you know, of course I had treated a lot of dogs with marijuana intoxication and toxicity right. but right. there's I, I didn't really know about the plant and the medicinal benefit so I had to correct that yep. very quickly mm -hmm. um, and because I wanted to provide an answer for these um, people's questions and so I really dove in and um, just educated myself about the difference between hemp and marijuana mm -hmm. and i dove into all the literature about the endocannabinoid system which yes. was mind-blowing because yes. I, I was like wait wait there was this whole system that i had never learned about right. in eight years of science right why what why weren't we talking about this because it <laughs> the endocannabinoid system really goes beyond pot oh it's yeah not, it's not really just exclusive oh about the marijuana. politics in this is just abhorrent yeah. And I'm like, well, how, you know, we learn about the gastrointestinal system and the endocrine system. And like, you know, you go through um, that and I had so much physiology and so much anatomy. I have a degree in biomedical science before I went to veterinary school. So I just, I was blown away. And then I learned about, um, you know, all the receptors. And I mean, really 
we talk about CBD for pets, but it's really so much more than CBD. We don't really even know that CBD is the star of the show. I know. (laughs) You know, we all need terpenes and bioflavonoids and all these other other aspects of the plant. And of course, I've done Chinese medicine. So studying an herb was very exciting and second nature that I would prescribe an herb and and have, you know, therapeutic benefits that that just fell in line with everything I was already doing. And so I started learning about it. And then I started using um, hemp. And I used it at a time where I could have been in trouble because the DEA was trying to, they were basically saying this is scheduled. Yeah. Um, they were really crossing the line of yep. their authority. Oh, gee, and, go figure. Yeah. And I just decided it was helping my patients enough that I was going to be brave. You were brave and girl. I was brave. And I thought, okay, if they take away my DEA license, what am I going to do? And I made the calculations. And at the end of the day, I decided that it was more important that I could help as many cats and dogs for as long as I could. God love you. Protect. Honey. That, that, oh, you make us so proud, girl. (laughs) You make us so proud. Because we just have to stand up against that BS. We just have to. And it takes strength and courage, determination, and the truth of science to get us there. And that's why, you know, this is so, tell me who your favorite uh, uh, leader in cannabis was when you were, you know, first finding out. I I absolutely adore, will you tell me first? So Rob Silver was the first person. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and we're friends, and uh-huh. so, because he's here in Boulder, and he was the first person, I was like, okay, Rob, like, let's figure, like, what's going on, uh-huh. and, you know, he gave me so much information, so much permission, and so much confidence, Yes. Um, so I'll be forever grateful to him, and so I took that information, I started writing about it on my blog, and I just had a regular practice website, mm-hmm. um, just a regular practice social media, and I just started talking about it, uh-huh. and no one else was really talking about it at the time, so I got a lot of search engine optimization share by accident. I bet you you did. (laughs) I did. And then, you know, so then people started calling me to interview me. And then, you know, I just, it, it went from there. And now other people have taken it much farther, which is great because now there are veterinarians that just specialize in that. And every veterinary conference I go to, there are veterinarians talking about hemp. Um, and CBD and veterinarians are really quite educated and many states gagged their veterinarians in the very beginning saying if we find out you've talked about this we're going to take your license away and it's so just people, criminal in my heart I know, I know it was really hard mm-hmm. because really what we do need to talk to people about especially as marijuana becomes so accessible as to why their dog has so many more THC receptors they're going to get like THC is differently metabolized in dogs than it is in people. And people, you know, there's all this, you know, here's what you need to look for in the product and we need to be educating people. And so people would go to their veterinarian, especially in California. I think California was the worst at the time in the late, like, I don't know, 2018, 2019. And so then people will come to me. So like, I have a pet with this diagnosis. I really want to use CBD, but I'm scared and I need some direction. 
um, because their veterinarian be like, I can't say anything. Right. Don't do it. Right. Right. And the veterinarian didn't want to do that. Um, I will tell you that most veterinarians are really open to CBD um, and to cannabis in general. Uh-huh. Now, no one's going to talk about right now. We're still all under DEA control and marijuana is still scheduled. So veterinarians will probably be hesitant to talk about marijuana, rightfully so. Um, but at least now veterinarians are talking about cannabis and hemp. And okay. Help that. us understand a little bit more about the difference uh, in uh, effects for animals with uh, cannabis. And uh, I just recently spoke to a woman who gives her horse a cannabis cookie every day filled with, I can't remember how many milligrams of CBD, but oh my gee. And, um, and that horse, her veterinarian said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Because the horse was almost crippled. It was so stove up. And she started giving him the cookies. And of course, the vet says he, he, he acts like he's, you know, five years old and he was like 26 or something. Yes. So that relief, that joint relief and that inflammatory relief, you know, if you can find the right, the sweet spot for you, it's fantastic. But I don't understand what the difference is. Like you're saying how animals metabolize it differently than we do and what the dosage needs are. You, you right. have a great graphic about an elephant and a giraffe one time, I think, oh. uh, uh, you know, and the difference between uh, how CBD, how, the dosages uh, between an elephant and a giraffe and a mouse or something like that. Oh, and if I might just say this, those monthly newsletters that you send out, those made me change the way I feed my cats. Because you talked about the need for cats to have more water, and that's why they have, you know, renal failure, um, uh, because they don't get enough water in their diet from just eating chow, and that we should be feeding them canned food and adding water to it. And so I started doing that. Nice. And did you notice any difference? Oh my gosh, they're happy. They're, they're, you know, they, they're healthier. They're not constantly. Yes, I did. They're not, they're, how can I say this? Um, Their habits are better. Right. Yes. That's Uh, good. Yeah. yeah. They're desert animals and they, they don't do very well hydrating themselves yeah and so um, when we feed them kibble um, they often just don't drink enough water and um, so it is good to keep them more hydrated and wet food in general raw food wet food anything but kibble um, they just do better with because they don't metabolize carbohydrates as well as we do or dogs do Um, And so they have less inflammatory diseases when we uh, remove the kibble from their diet. So I'm so glad. I'm so glad you said that out loud. Thank you. So my audience (laughs) knows that's awesome. And, um, and I just want to say this, uh, dear audience, so you can go there while we're chatting, if you want to uh, boulderholisticvet.com. You've heard me say it a million times. It's all, it's been on my website for years and my audience already knows that they can, you know, check, check out um, uh, your resources too, because they hear me 
mention you often, uh, Dr. Angie, and the good works that you do. Uh, so so back to uh, back to yeah, what's really important about uh, raising um, a dog or a cat in our home? What's the most important thing for them? Hey, my friends, if you live near Melbourne, Florida, and you're having serious health issues and don't know where to go that includes cannabis in your plan for relief, I want to give you a tip about a neurologist I know and trust, Dr. Anthony Mazzo. I had seen him for my own old lady neuropathy issues, and he did not prescribe the usual stuff. He told me to go get a particular kind of cannabis instead and use it in a very specific way to find relief. And that is what every doctor in America should have in their little black bag. Dr. Anthony Mazzo at the Brevard Neuro Center on NASA Boulevard, Melbourne, Florida. See his details in my show notes. You know, I think what we feed them um, and their mental health would be the top two things that I would say. And maybe number three is dental health. It took me a long time to realize this, but uh, stuffed toys for uh, animals are so great for dental care. If you can get your puppy to play, you know, tug of war with you with a stuffed toy, a lot of that plaque comes right off their teeth and keeps their teeth clean. And then you just throw the stuffed toy yeah. in the washing machine. Yes. And then, you know, every breed has has such a different um, predisposition to plaque and how they're um, bites are like how they occlude their teeth. Um, mm-hmm. That's really important. And some dogs just have beautiful teeth their whole life. They have hardly any tartar buildup. And some people, despite doing all the things they could be doing, their dogs just create a lot of tartar. Then they react to their tartar. And for some people, you know, and if your dog has dental disease, it's not always your fault, but there are some dogs that just need more dental care than others. Mm-hmm. And it's such an important part of holistic health um, because when we have inflammation in our mouths, it's just always seeding into our bloodstream and it affects all the organs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's very important. Yeah. I'm just thinking about, I'm always talking about those little bloody capillaries inside of your cheeks and now thinking about all that juju from your mouth getting sopped up in those. Yeah. No wonder that stuff can go shoot straight to your brain. Did I just right, make all that up? Right, in your heart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> well, so uh, you were you were telling us about how a dog metabolizes cannabis differently. They have more THC receptors. That's so what you were saying. W- what happens? Yeah. So dogs come into the emergency room after getting into a stash of yeah. you know edibles or any type of marijuana, if there's THC in it, dogs are going to be very uncomfortably high. And we see that they lose urinary continence. They cannot walk. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a really bad time for them. And so if someone were to share a gummy with their dog that mm-hmm. um, maybe gets them very comfortably high, mm-hmm. their dog is just going to have such a bad time. And so, um, and, and very small dogs actually can That's stop sad. breathing. We, mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't think very often of marijuana toxicity as being fatal, but for small dogs, it really can be. And the marijuana we can get um, in legal states is just more potent. 
than it was all the time because you know they're always growing and selecting for plants that are um, more potent um, mm. than the last, more THC. And so um, there's definitely um, a problem there. And I think uh, people get into trouble or when they think, oh, you know, my dog's in pain. Let me just share the thing that I do with them. It's just, it gets them so high. Cats are a little bit less. Um, I, I'd say cats have a sensitivity more along the lines of people, um, but dogs are are very different. I do think once uh, marijuana gets legalized federally, I think that we're going to see um, a lot of research institutions look at THC and the therapeutic benefits of the whole cannabis plant, even just marijuana, um, so that you know maybe that's something a therapeutic option for dogs and cats in the future. But until we can do that research, it's going to be hard to know. And then until it's not scheduled anymore, then veterinarians and research institutions aren't going to be able to, um, to do that research. Yeah, now that, right. you know, the farm bill has passed, uh, there are a lot of studies and, and research institutions um, and universities, academic institutions are, are looking at hemp extract and CBD and CBG and see like all of the um, phytocannabinoids as therapeutic um, options. And so that's coming and happening now. Um, and, and hopefully sometime in the future, marijuana will follow. Have you had a chance to read Russ Hudson's book, The Big Book of Terps yet? It's a four and a half pound reference. Not. Oh my God. Cost 160 <laughs> bucks on Amazon. <laughs> and it is, and it's oh my sitting God. on, I know it's sitting on my coffee table right now. And I have read every single word page to page. Thank you very much. And it is a fascinating oh, wow. look into the world of terpenes. So here come mushrooms. Do you, do you right. uh, follow um, Paul Stamets? Okay, so he's one I of the do. leading mycologists, right, in, in mushrooms. So I've got a poodle, uh, supposed to be a five-pound poodle, it's a 10-pound poodle at the moment with Cushing's. And uh, the vet put her on an antibiotic for a little while and a cough suppressant for a little while and uh, trilostane for the rest of her life. And I put her on my healer. CBDA twice a day and Paul Stamets seven blend of mushrooms twice a day and she has gone from uh, 23 inches around that fat belly that was dragging the ground and she wasn't able to hold up her weight with her little tiny frame her her hips were Aww. failing her and it's gone down now guess what for the first time in over a year, she took a walk around the pond with the rest of the pack and me yesterday. And she feels nice. good. And she she looks good. And she's got a happy little grin on her face. And she's peeing and pooping and, and drinking. Uh, she is still coughing. But I know that her organs have gone down and shrunken, and I really feel like it's the cannabis, you know, the CBDA, and um, and but it's a full complement of of uh, the compounds. It's a it's a whole whole full spectrum whole plant product, and uh, with okay. yeah, with with more CBDA in it. 
and um and then that other Paul Stamets uh seven blend mushroom I'm certain that's what's helped her reduce because my vet here's never seen anything like it and he told me she's maybe got two years to live if that and it and it doesn't matter if she takes the medicine or not they've never been able to you know uh see a difference either way so it was up to me if i wanted to try the meds or not that was and that was thank you very much that'll be sixteen hundred dollars and I was like, you know, and that was after all the blood tests and everything to find out what the hell was the matter with her because, you know, her tummy just kept growing and growing and growing and growing and we didn't know why. And it wasn't food. It wasn't, you know, we knew it wasn't her appetite had increased at all. So mm -hmm. anyway, anyway, she, it feels like she's on the mend. And, uh, and I, feel that's like amazing with some of, plant medicine, with some plant medicine. Yeah. So there's been progress, big yeah. progress. So what are the other kinds of medicines and uh, modality, I guess I'm trying to say, mm -hmm. of medicines that you use? You, you mentioned Chinese and uh, as in acupuncture and um, uh, an herbal. Oh, and uh, terpenes. Are you interested in the you know in what they're finding out about terpenes was where i was going to go with russ hudson's book that is definitely something that will be on the forefront especially here in colorado we have yeah. decriminalized mushrooms and so they're everyone's growing them and talking about them and a low dose there's a lot of people here that are microdosing mm -hmm. uh, mushrooms mm -hmm. um, instead of using other pharmaceuticals. And um, so it's, it's definitely something that's up and coming. Um, but although I'd say mushrooms in veterinary medicine definitely have some stability. We've been using mushrooms for um, a long time. There's even a, I think it might've been Tufts or Penn State. Um, there's a, I think it's a study on turkey tail and hemangiosarcoma. Mm -hmm. um, and we do know that um, patients with hemangiosarcoma live longer um, with turkey tail. Wow. Um, or I think it's turkey tail. I'd have to go back and look at the study. There's so many great mushrooms. There's so, so many, many great, mushrooms. great mushrooms. That's just it. Yeah. And, and it feels like, you know, we yeah. have to be and, a shaman about it to, to, uh, to you know, address it, understand it, look it up, research it, and do all of that ourselves. That's not how we're taught to be a good patient in this country. We're taught to let the doctors learn all that stuff and tell us how we're sick and what to take for it. I know. But you're doing the good work really of the sad. opposite. My... <laughs> yes. And I always tell my clients, people come to me and say, oh, I'm so sorry, Angie. You know, before you came, I Googled this and I know I shouldn't. And I, <laughs> and I'm like, yes, you should. Yeah. Yes. Google. Let's, and let's talk about what you found and let's mm -hmm. talk about the sources and mm -hmm. let's talk about, you know, your options. And I, I do really um, fight against that um, kind of culture of like, listen to me. I know everything. I don't know everything. Um, I really believe people hire me to give them my knowledge, um, to benefit from the experience I have, but ultimately they are making decisions and it is my job to support them and give them the knowledge. And I think um, veterinary medicine has uh, some toxicity in the culture of we know everything. And if you oh. don't do exactly what we say, then we're going to shame you. Oh, I didn't realize that. 
but you know that's that's the western oh the medical west the western medical school situation has a lot of toxicity in the way that they teach medicine anyway so yeah we're all it's all changing i feel like we're being uplifted by uh the freeing of information this beautiful tribe of scientists that i hang out with on linkedin in the cannabis industry um you know freely give their knowledge to whoever is interested in listening and and if you're listening it's it's university level education and discussion and uh peer review of what's happening uh in real time for free and it's just delicious to be able to uplift ourselves with with technology in a good way get rid of the chatter Mm got to get rid of the junk you know stop watching the horror movies and politics but (laughs) other than that (laughs) technology is a real good thing for us in that we can really discover what's in these compounds in the food that we ingest and the medicines we take i just can't wait to learn more Yes, it's exciting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It surely is. Well, is there anything that you would like for our audience to know? Do you have projects coming up in the future? And are you going to be at conferences where our audience may be able to see you in person? Do you do that yet? Uh, coming yeah. out of COVID, you know, the COVID bubble? <laughs> yes. Um, you know, most of the things I'm doing right now, I'm teaching a lot of courses online. So oh, yeah. um, if people want to learn from me or, um, you know, just hang out with myself and my nurses, um, you can go to boulderholisticvet.com. And this year we are, um, we're launching a cat brand um, oh. to give cat parents a forum and a place um, that they can go just to get information for cats. For so long, we have been treating cats like small dogs, and it is high time that they um, were treated like cats, like a separate species, and they get to have their own information. Wow, this is really news to me. You're right. I I just think of my cats as a small dog. (laughs) For goodness sakes. So this is very (laughs) exciting. Okay. So that's at at, uh, boulderholisticvet.com. And of course, it's already on my website, has been for years. But um, I'm really tickled to get to speak with you, Dr. Angie. Thank you so much for enlightening us about, you know, your world and and how you you think of medicine and animals and how we want to think of it, too. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. And I hope you'll come back and see us again sometime. Anytime. Thank you, Dr. Angie. Have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Hello, my friends. I'm inviting you to join me on a Clubhouse Live stage every Sunday at 8 a.m. Eastern for Sunday with Honey. This is your opportunity to ask me questions on my live stage about anything we've discussed on the podcast, and also where we speak about the spiritual effects of cannabis, and how to find peace through means of calming our minds, 
with tools we're all familiar with. Music and dance, mantras, and using this magnificent plant to guide our hearts into deep reflection and introspection. Join my little experiment of love every Sunday on Clubhouse. It's an app that you can download for free. And you can listen from the audience or join in conversation on stage on Sundays, 8 a.m. Eastern, on the Clubhouse app. We'll talk about the many blessings of this live plant therapy in Sunday with Honey. Just look me up. You've been listening to another Cannabivarum podcast with 21st century cannabis shaman, Honey Smith Walls. That's me. About the importance of using verifiably safe products, the process of getting a diagnosis from your family doctor, and taking your records to a cannabis specialist can lead you to the correct cannabinoid therapy for those issues. Otherwise, you're just your own guinea pig looking for answers without any foundational knowledge or ability to determine the best choices or strategies. To find a qualified cannabis expert to help in your area, visit CannabisClinicians.org. It is a national society of cannabis experts, and you'll see that link down in my show notes. Unless otherwise proven by a reputable third-party lab test, please regard all street weed as contaminated. It may do grave harm to a patient with a delicate immune system who already has inflammatory issues like arthritis, IBS, fibromyalgia, or worse. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you found value and understanding through my podcast. I have many more thoughts upon the subject that go in a more spiritual direction. So in that vein, please join my brand new live stage on Clubhouse every Sunday at 8 a.m. Eastern. Look for Sunday with Honey. It's the spiritual version of my weekly podcast, which usually covers all things in the cannabis industry. But we're live on Clubhouse, so you could ask questions and inspire others with your own stories or just be a fly on the wall. Get there for a live conversation with learned friends, and if you miss, you can catch the replays at a convenient time. Sunday with Honey on Clubhouse at 8 a.m. Eastern. Ooh, I hear the cows calling. <laughs>